Sotzeperik Base Mishnah Hay two five. This mission now goes back to talk about the wife, the Sota, suspected Sota, saying Amen Amen, as the Pasik says that she will say Amen Amen. Um, now the question is why the double Amen? One would have been enough. In other words, there's this of course there's this two part um, thought happening in the curses and the attendant you know, shvu. In other words, she's saying, I swear I'm innocent, and if I'm not innocent, then let the waters do their thing. So it would seem that perhaps a single amen would be enough for both the shvuah and the Allah, but the swearing and the curse. And therefore, Chazal understand this is actually the source um, for what's called Gilgul Shvua. You know, this is the source in the Torah for the well-known rabbinic principle of, I don't know, well-known principle of Gilgul Shvua, which applies elsewhere. Gilgul Shvua, the word Gilgul means like kind of roll on, is in a situation in which um, the Torah requires uh, Shvua, let's say a Doraisa Shvua, so the principle here is you can also Megalglin love. you can roll on to it, add to it other similar elements. So just for example, let's leave Sota aside for a second. Let's say for example, Reuven claims from Shimon that he owes him money and property that was stolen. Both money and property are stolen. And he, and he has a single witness. So a single witness forces a shvua in the case of money. A single shvua, a single witness couldn't force a shvua in the case of karka, of property. But since the claim is both for money, which is metaltalin, which does have a shvua, so, and karka, which doesn't have a shvua, since already we're making a shvua regarding the money, we can be megalgenala, we can say also, why are you saying about the money? We've come to taking a formal shavua, formal oath here, so then also swear to me that you don't have my property either. So that idea of when there's a shavua in effect, then one can add to the elements on which the accused is being mashbiya, swearing about, that is learned from this parsha here, of the sota saying, amen, amen. Okay? Now, um, the Mishnah asks, al-mahi omeris amen, amen, so what is she saying amen amen to? So, first of all, you have amen al ha'ala, amen ala shvua. First of all, she's saying yes to the curse and the oath. The, the shvua is she's swearing she's innocent, she's nothing wrong, and that the the curse that she agrees that if she did something wrong, you know, it's very wrong, she was adulterous, so then the water should, should do their terrible thing. Now, the Mishnah goes on to say that the husband can add not just to the specific case of accusation that she had an affair with this particular person, but she also says, Amen me'ish zeh, amen me'ish acher. Not just does she say, yes, I'm innocent regarding to having an affair with the particular man in question, but also any other man. Again, any other man, um, the husband can never make her take a shvu on, only with kinu and sira, bringing the parsha of sota in effect, is when you can make a woman take a shvua here. But once she's taking the shvua about this particular man, against who she was warned, to, warned against, including with. So she now can take a shvua regarding other men as well. Similarly, says the Mishnah, Amen shlosh satisi arusa unasua. Not only am I swearing that I didn't go astray while I was nasua, a regular fully married woman, but even arusa when she was legally married but not yet living with her husband. This is important because um, the Pasuk says that she turned, she a share isha tachas isha, she turned astray while tachas isha, I don't know, married to her husband. So the point is that an arusa 
isn't subject to the rules of the suspected sota. So even if you do kinun stira back then, there's no such thing as the sota test for an, for an arusa. But now that she's swear, swearing regarding her innocence while she was in Asua, he can be megalgel onto that. Also that she has to take an oath and swear regarding before she was living with him when she just was an arusa to him. Similarly, if the way they got married was through Yibum, so Yibum is the first brother dies, he has no children, so then the widow is left as what's called a Shomeres Yibum, a Shomeres Yavam, so, um, so she is waiting for one of the other surviving brothers to marry her, and, and marry her means just she moves in with him. Um, so while she's not yet newly married to the, the living brother, so she's forbidden to sleep with anyone else. There's what's called a zika, there's a c- connection that ties, binds her to the brothers, and that has to be resolved first, either with Yibam or Chalitza, before she can marry somebody else. So sh- if the way that she is married is through this Yibam situation, and then as a what's called a Kanusa, that's the equivalent for them to go married through Yibam, she was brought into the house. So once, if she's a Kanusa, he couldn't make her take a shvua in and of itself of how she behaved prior to marrying her through Yibam. But once she is a Kanusa and she's his wife, Lachol Davar, in every sense, and then this Kinu and Sira, he can make her swear not just about their marriage post Kanisa, post Yibam, but even before when she was a Shomeris Yavam. So as the Mishnah says here, V'Shomeris Yavam U Kanusa. On that last point, on this point about the, the um, the, the Yubim situation. So this is going to Rabbi Akiva, who understands that a woman who sleeps with another man while she's a Shomeris Yavam uh, is forbidden to the, the Yubim, to the, the Yavam. But um, the Halacha is not like that. The Halacha is, well, it is a love from the Torah for her to sleep with somebody else before resolving the Zika. It doesn't prohibit her to the Yavam. And that being the case, as we'll see later on, that's that's basically the basic criteria for when we are doing a Gilgul Shavu here. Therefore, the halacha is not like this. The halacha is like the Chachamim, that the the um, the man who married his wife through Yibam cannot make her swear about the Shemeris Yavam period. So she says that, Amen She says, yes, I agree that I did nothing wrong in any of the above cases. Vim Nitmesi, and more than that, if I did something wrong, Yavovi, let those waters come into me and do what they are going to do as the Pasuk warns. Fine. Now, uh, Rabbi Meir says more than that. Rabbi Meir Omer, Amen shlo nitmeisi, Amen shlo etamei. Rabbi Meir adds that when she takes her acceptance through saying Amen, Amen, she's saying also, not only am I innocent about the events of the past, but also I agree that in the future, should I be in Fidelitas, the waters that I'm drinking now should get me then. That's Rabbi Meir Shita. Now, the Bartonur says the Lach is not like him. Uh, the Rambam does bring this down, surprisingly. Uh, notwithstanding, most others understand, no, the Rehalach is not like Rehmer, you can't, you can't uh, make her swear about the future and make the waters work in the future. Uh, but in any case, that's, that's um, but the Rambam does mention it.